All right, welcome to the first ever episode of SYP Today, Speak Your Peace Today, our new 30, 35, 40, 45, 60 minute daily podcast where myself, Biggie, Ian McNaughton, talks about sports, breaks down sports or news or any other big headlines happening in the world today. We might have some guests on here. We might talk stupid shit. We might, you know, just go off on something that doesn't deserve to be going off on. Who cares? I'm just creating a new pod, generates new interest, generates new content. I think you guys are going to love this. I think it's going to be great. I'm excited. You should be excited. Excited. Things are looking up for Speak Your Peace and SYP. And now you get a new pod. New pod every day about something different, something new, a fresh take, something unique. It's going to be amazing. You're going to love it. I just know it. I think you're going to be, you know, just thrilled with it. And the best part is, you know, it's just 30 minutes. You can listen to it on your way to school. You can listen to it on your way to work. You can listen to it at the gym. I bet you right now somebody is listening to this on the treadmill watching Sid Sixero on Sportsnet in the afternoon. It's like, why am I watching the Sixero guy when I'm listening to Big E and Big E is making better takes, better points? That's the kind of stuff that we bring at SYP and Speak Your Peace. Because we are better than... I was going to say better than Sportsnet. I don't know that we are better than Sportsnet. We're more exciting than Sportsnet. I can guarantee that. Um, In case you are wondering how Speak Your Peace is going, how the brand is going, what is SYP up to, we're up to a lot of shit. We got a lot of stuff going down. Um, It's fun. It's exciting. It's a great time. Uh, Myself, personally, I am, I think, busy every weekend through uh, this weekend. So this is February 20th, so 21st all the way until about god june 1st i think yeah I, I i am pretty occupied i got a lot on my plate lots happening to give you a refresher as to what's happening in our spring schedule we are going to rugby sevens canada sevens at bc place in vancouver on march 8th uh we are going to do a See the sky takeover. Uh, probably early May, the first two weeks of May. One of those weeks, we're gonna do a takeover of the Sea to Sky area. Do Squamish, Whistler, Pemby, Lillowetta for motivated, and you know, just have a good time. Hopefully, meet a Pemby girl that wants to go berry picking with me. And then we're going to the Memorial Cup starting May twenty second in Kelowna. The Kelowna Rockets host the 102nd Memorial Cup this year, 2020. Should be a great time. Should be an awesome experience. But we are not here to discuss junior hockey today. We will do that probably tomorrow night. I'll discuss in the intro probably tomorrow. As I'm off to Everett tomorrow to watch the Everett Silvertips take on the Prince George... Cougars? 
uh, a somewhat significant game, I guess. There's an average already clinched a playoff spot. I don't think Prince George is going to make the playoffs. They might. I have to take a look at the wildcard standings in the West. They might make the playoffs. Um, interesting time. Exciting time. So, with that being said, we got a big story going on right now that needs our attention. The Houston Astros are a bunch of cheaters, are a bunch of frauds, and it's really too bad because I thought these guys were cool, legit, amazing ball players, and maybe they are, but we can't trust them now because they've been cheating for the last three years. Now, the Astros won the 2017 World Series over the LA Dodgers in seven games. I am now on board in removing that title from them. They should not have that title anymore. It's now a fraud title. It's not right that the Astros have it. And they're not going to get it removed. But they should. It's funny watching Houston go through this apology tour because they it seems like they feel like they have to otherwise they wouldn't they are so over this they have no remorse this is basically a non-story for them which is pretty fucking funny to think that this is a non-story to they think this is a non-story to the rest of the baseball world um the houston astros if anybody deserves the title bunch of jerks it's the houston astros and I'll go on the record to say I look at it okay I look at the Astros situation from two perspectives I look at it a from a Seattle Manners perspective because that is my favorite team as a Seattle Manners fan I'm not mad my team was never going to be good enough to beat Houston and to even make a playoff run let alone you know contend for a World Series they they haven't been able to do that since before I was born. Then the other perspective I have looking at this sign-stealing scandal, which in case you have been living under a rock and you don't know what's going on with the Houston Astros, in 2017, the Astros appeared to be stealing signs by looking at video and then banging a garbage bin. Classy, right? Now, more recently, it looked like second baseman Jose Altuve was caught wearing a buzzer after he hit the home run in game six, game five, game six of the 2019 ALCS against the New York Yankees. And that's not a good look. Apparently his collarbone tattoo is not a good look. But that's not a good look. Is not ripping your jersey off because you got a buzzer underneath and not taking yeah, not taking your shirt off. Um, even though you are skinny and you are a good looking guy and you won't take your shirt off. That that's really you know who that's really offensive to? Fat guys like me who are self conscious when they take their shirt off. Nonetheless, I dive on. I I I keep going. The second perspective from a baseball fan. As, as just a general 
lover of baseball. The whole sign-stealing scandal by the Astros doesn't make me mad. It makes me disappointed. You know when either you you, you done something or you fucked up as a kid and you, or your and your parents were out or they were home and you're like, "Oh fuck. Mom and dad are going to be mad. Mom and dad are going to be angry. There's going to be a shitstorm. They're going to start yelling. Better brace myself for this. Better prepare for this." And then when they find out, mom and dad don't yell. They're not angry. They're not upset. They're, they, and they tell you, we're not mad. We're just disappointed. And then your heart sinks to the floor. It's like, oh, man, I messed up big time. I am the parent. I am the mom and dad who are like, no, um, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. That's how I feel with the Astros. Hopefully I'm not messing up this mic too badly. Using my own mic, not our uh, speaker piece creator Rav's mic. But no, that's how I feel. It's just I'm not mad at the Astros. I get, you know, I get stealing signs. I get cheating. You ain't cheating. You ain't trying. But I'm just disappointed because I thought they were talented, all-star, superstar-esque players, and now I don't know what to believe. I I thought. Altuve, Bregman, Correa, George Springer. I thought all of those guys were legit. I thought all of those guys were honestly probably possibly future Hall of Famers. Altuve and Bregman for sure, probably Correa, maybe even Springer, but now it's like who am I to trust? Who am I to believe? So when I want to say Correa says that Altuve didn't take his shirt off in the ALCS because he had a bad collarbone tattoo. It's like, okay, but you guys don't really deserve the benefit of the doubt in that situation. You guys have lied to us before. You have cheated before. You don't honestly deserve you know, us believing you. You guys haven't earned that. So that's my perspective of it from a baseball fan, from a Manners fan. In terms of the actual punishment, I thought they got away with it fairly easy, but the biggest problem is trying to punish the players. Because where are you gonna punish a player? Are you gonna punish Altuve, Correa, Bregman, Springer each a season? How do we know other guys weren't helped by it? How do we know other guys weren't helped by it? How do we know, like, there's no way of really knowing. I, I don't think maybe if you uh, maybe if you look at the stats and the you know the splits home and away, and you know if Bregman's hitting you know his if his on base percentage is you know a hundred percent higher you know a hundred points better at home than on the road, it's like okay, well that's probably helped him then. Then he could probably get to suspend it. But there's so many players and there's so many people involved. I get why Manfred doesn't suspend the players or doesn't punish the players. Uh, I get why he punished Jeff Lunau, the former president of the Astros and former manager AJ Hinch. I get why all of them were gone, even though you know they were suspended for a year, but then... Um, 
Astros owner Jim Crane just fired them. I get why all that happened. All that makes sense. All that is understandable. But the reason why Houston seems to be so remor- so non-remorseful and so ignorant of the whole situation is because of their owner, Jim Crane. If you listen to him talk, he couldn't give two shits about what anybody thinks. And part of that, I believe, is because he's an owner. He could not care what the... As long as Crane is making his money and his team's winning, that's all he cares about. he, He could not care really what the public thinks, what the people want, as long as he's making his money and his team is winning that's all he cares about if he's got to cheat to do it he'll do it that's just how it is and it's rubbing off on the rest of the players you can tell as the players are doing this apology tour they just brush it off it's not a big deal they're only apologizing because they feel like they have to otherwise they would just go and play the game they would just go out and you know participate in spring training as if nothing happened as if they weren't cheating and ruining the integrity of the game for the last three years. So, my answer, my solution to this, if I am another major league manager, what I am doing is not beating the Astros or not hitting them with pitches. I think if you do that, you're just doing that. I mean, I get why players do it, and I'm not saying players shouldn't, but I don't think that's going to solve any of the problems. I think what you do, if you are another MLB team, just go out and beat them. Go out and beat the living shit out of them. Not physically, just go out and crush them. Just go out and win. Because here's the thing, these guys have already moved on. The Astros have already put it past them. As, you know, as easy as easy as it is for them to do it, it's difficult for us to understand why. But these guys just, it doesn't bother them. They're over it. It's, it's come and gone. New guys, new people. Dusty Baker's now the manager. They got a new president. Shit's changed. They've, they, they have totally forgotten... About 2017, 2018, 2019. They were probably cheating in 2016 too. Who knows? But, you know, they've moved on. So what your job should be as an MLB team is to just go beat them. Because that's what's really going to crush their, you know, spirits. And, you know, that's really going to hurt them from a mentalist perspective. It's not by hitting them with a pitch. They can handle that. They're MLB players. Everybody's been hit by a pitch, you know, by the time you get to this level. They're used to it. They understand that. They're not, you know, they're not going to be crying as they walk over the first base like, well, you know, you're stupid. You shouldn't have hit me. What they're going to be crying about is if they lose and if they fail to make the playoffs. That's what's going to hurt them. That will. That is what will sting if you're the Astros. So that that is sort of my take on the situation. I'll have more. We'll do some... MLB previews because I believe this is arguably the biggest MLB season this century and probably one of the biggest MLB seasons of all time and for reasons more than just the Astros take a look at the Boston Red Sox 
in the AL East. They traded one of the MLB's premier players, arguably the second best position player behind Mike Trout, for Jack Squad. Now, the Red Sox are not a mid-level team. They're not a mid-market team. The Red Sox, the Yankees, the Cubs, the Dodgers are all money-making squads. Now, while this trade is a symbol for how the economics of baseball are working right now, I'm just going to focus on the Red Sox side of things right now. The Red Sox are... How can I... Excuse me, how can I say this? The Red Sox lost a lot with Mookie going, and even David Price. I know David Price was overpaid, but he's still a quality pitcher. I would I'd be happy to have David Price on my team. But now they've lost Brock Holt. Uh, uh, Brock Holt, who signed with Milwaukee. Then they traded Betts, and they you know, sent Price packing to L.A. And I know Boston doesn't look that good. The roster is like, eh. Okay, Devers is good. Ben attending's all right. Jackie Bradley, eh? Like there, there are some pieces there. I wonder if the Red Sox just surprise everybody with how low expectations are with the team and become a potential wild card contender. Yeah, I said it. I just think expectations are so low. I don't even think they have a new manager yet because Alex Cora, who was a part of the Astros thing got fired essentially it was not they say it was mutual he got fired and now I think the Red Sox just go in with low expectations and they just hope to win the Mookie trade is going to haunt this team for a long time and what's fascinating about this deal is where Red Sox owner John Henry lied John W. Henry I should say lies in all this Henry has himself sprinkled in a lot of different sports. He owns Liverpool FC. He owns the Boston Red Sox. He owns Roush Fenway Racing in NASCAR. I'm trying to think if there's anything else that pops up into my head. But he's invested in a lot. He's got a lot going on. And I'm trying to think this has to be, you know... It has to be a baseball move, but if you look at try, if you're trying to do a deep dive and you're trying to really figure out why he might have done it, you can look at his personal, you know, personal portfolio and think, well, Liverpool's first in the Premier League. They had a loss this week in Champions League, but it doesn't matter. He's making a butt ton of money with Liverpool this year, so money shouldn't be an issue there. Roush Fenway is losing some money. NASCAR is losing some money. I don't know if maybe that is hurting him a little bit. The his he was selling his house in the greater New England area, I believe, within the last year and a half. And he had to take either a five or ten million dollar um an offer that was five or ten million dollars less than what he originally asked for. But I feel like just saying those things is just trying to, you know, draw up some conspiracy theory that isn't there. 
I think this is just a bigger deal about baseball's economy and where the economics are of it. Teams don't... I shouldn't say teams don't want to because we've seen Bryce Harper and Machado, but teams are becoming less and less hesitant to pay top dollar salaries. Now, you're still going to get... Mookie Betts is still going to get his. Like, he's going to get $400 million this year, without a doubt. Uh, this is his last year before he's eligible for free agency. So that's why the Red so- that's partially why the Red Sox traded him. But Betts is going to get four hundred million dollars this year. But you just teams aren't wanting to dish out that big contract, and teams are hesitant to s- give players what they really deserve. Now Betts is a di- different situation where. Bets, you know, not a lot of teams can afford a four hundred million dollar guy, but like it's getting to a, it's getting to a point where it's pretty ridiculous about player salaries and just the owners either lowballing or just outright saying no, we're not going to do these deals. The owners have the rights to do so; it's their money. They have to know what's best for the team. But, I mean, it just seems like Mookie and the Red Sox were going to be intertwined for the next decade. And Henry is going to say this is not a financial decision. You can't tell me that this isn't a financial decision because... Henry Henry stated, I'm paraphrasing here, but he stated something along the lines of we had to get what we could out of him now because we weren't going to sign him in free agency. Now, I don't know why that is because I think Mookie, what I gather Mookie enjoyed playing for Boston. He enjoyed playing for the Red Sox. And... I don't get why Henry didn't think he could get him in free agency. Unless Henry has to save some money. He's trying to get under the competitive balance tax, which could be possible, I guess. Unless Henry just didn't want to pay $400 million for one guy, which I guess is understandable, but it's Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts is worth $400 million. And... I just don't understand why you wouldn't pay it because you're not going to find another guy like this out in free agency. You're not going to, like, I guess you can moneyball it, but you're not going to get three guys worth $150 million each to come and play for your team or 125 or whatever. You're, like, you're not going to get those guys to come play for your team. Um, because right now, Boston does not look like a promising place to win. Like, it, Boston is not attractive to free agents, I don't think. It just seems like with the way ownership is being handled, there's no manager right now. I don't know how competitive a team it's going to be this season. I can't imagine that the Boston Red Sox is going to be much of a free agent destination because of how John Henry's running his team. Granted, the Red Sox are in a much better, much better situation than other teams, but like this, this is definitely a financial decision that is going to hurt the team for years to come. The LA Dodgers are loving it. They think this is great. But 
if you're a Red Sox fan, I, I don't know. You can't defend this trade. There's no defending sending Mookie Betts to the Dodgers. And I don't understand why you do this trade now. Like, that deal that the Red Sox got for Verdugo and Jeter Downs, which is really ironic that the Red Sox would trade Mookie Betts, their star player, probably their best player, best overall player in 50 years and they get a shortstop with the first name Jeter absolutely hilarious but I, I just don't know how you can defend this this move is also probably one of the few times that fans not just baseball fans but I think sports fans feel a little bit of pity for Boston sports fans, maybe. I don't know if I'm, you know, floating something out in left field, but th this is just such a stupid trade for so many reasons that no one of the Dodgers, like, it's so obvious for the Dodgers because they didn't even give up a top prospect. And it's so stupid for the Red Sox that why, if you're a fan, why are you interested? Why are you, like... I know Red Sox fans are passionate, they love their team, they will support them until they die, but Henry's increased ticket prices this year, then he traded bets, there's no sense of direction, like, it's a rebuild, this is a rebuild year, yet the Red Sox are probably still, you know, going to shock everybody and make the wild card, but I don't know what, the, I, I don't know why, I don't get it, I don't think this helps, uh, the Red Sox whatsoever, and John Henry and the team, Cher uh, Bloom, who's the former Tampa Bay GM now with Boston, they are going to regret this trade for however long they're in this job, and that's just the way it is. That's just how it's going to be. Uh, final thing we're going to discuss here, it's just baseball's season that they have coming up here in 2020. This is, to me, one of the biggest, most impactful potential, like potential impact seasons in a long time because you have the Astro story, who are now a villain. It's a storyline for people to watch. You have the Dodgers, who are going all in, I think, for the sixth time in 10 years. And the Yankees are going to be interested. People finally have a reason to tune into baseball. When was the last time an MLB offseason was as eventful and as exciting as this one? I can't remember. It's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. Now, the reason this season has a chance to be impactful and important is so baseball can finally get with the program in 2020. Baseball is falling behind the NBA it's falling behind the NFL, and it has for the last five or ten years. Baseball's demographic is 50-year-old white males. Baseball has to understand that 20-year-olds, people my age, don't talk about baseball. I Granted, I live in Vancouver, Canada. There's not a baseball team here. There isn't another one for another two hours away. And that baseball team that's two hours away 
it's kind of dog shit. And the Blue Jays get overhyped like any Toronto sports team. They're a team I want to talk about too. But this is a season where you can finally create some interest for the youth, for the younger people. You know, you baseball has done a horrible job with highlights, posting stuff on YouTube. Their social media game isn't actually that bad. It's exciting. Like, I, I, I like, you know, looking at some of the stuff. But they have to realize it's now or never for you to change your demographic, for you to create a product that is interesting to younger people and get younger people watching. I love baseball. I think baseball is great. But the reason we don't talk about it a whole lot on Speak Your Peace is because it just doesn't drive up numbers. It doesn't create interest. Baseball has to do that, right? Whatever rule changes, whatever new laws they have to create, baseball has to do something right now. Because now you got people watching. Now you got people talking about it. People haven't been talking about baseball like this in a long time. Here's your opportunity. Don't fuck it up. All right? Rob Manfred has already fucked it up with the trophy comment saying it's just a piece of metal. Whether he said that to raise attention, to, you know, create interest in the game, that's a devious way of doing it, but God damn it, it's exciting. And I don't know if Rob Manfred is going to turn into the next Vince McMahon heel, commissioner, whatever, head of the sport, and just make all these stupid comments, and that's how he generates interest. Fair enough, but now is the opportunity for baseball to create excitement, to grow the sport, to make it interesting again, and to get younger people watching. I want to talk about baseball more. I want to write about baseball more. I can't do so unless I have the audience too to help, you know, have it have this to have this demand to have the demand we can provide a supply. But baseball has to do it. Baseball has to put it out there. So, that's why the 2020 season, because people are tired of the unwritten rules in baseball. People are done with that shit. People are done with, you know, hitting guys for, you know, look, looking two seconds too long at your home run. People are done with all this unwritten rule bullshit and not having fun and, you know, Flipping your bat, like people, like you're getting shit for flipping your bat. People are done with that. People won't, don't, don't care about, you know. Don't care about. I mean, they care about flipping bats, I guess, but they don't are not interested if the dude's just gonna get beamed in this next at bat. It's up to the MLB to finally, finally, finally make the game interesting. And who knows? Maybe. Manfred is not the guy. I thought he was. I thought he was, you know, making some progress. Lately, he's kind of pissing me off. Um, I'd love to meet the guy. I'd love to interview him. I'd love to get his sense of the game and the sport and where it's at and what he's doing to help create it. Because from a media perspective, from creating, because this is my background, from the media perspective, the only thing he's really done, Manfred, to make MLB 
popular, in quotations, was BAM, MLB BAM, MLB Advanced Media. And that was basically just a way for the MLB to create short-term funds. Fine, fair enough, you need some money, go get some money. But it ruined the long-term sustainability and the interest of the game. Because I can't find highlights of baseball on social media, on IG, Twitter, Facebook. I can't find a single highlight. I have to go through a whole bat if I want a home run. I have to, you know, watch the entire fucking, you know, wind up, not wind up, but like motion, you know, the whole three pitches if I want to see a three pitch strikeout. I got to see, you know, pitcher step off the mound, step back on, catcher come visit. Like, I don't need that shit. I just want to see the street strikes and the guys out. Baseball hasn't figured that out yet. They don't understand that. Or they're just too dumb. Whatever it may be. Now is the time for change. I'm going to keep saying it until it happens. But now is the time for change with baseball. Um, two more things just quickly. Toronto Blue Jays might be one of the most exciting teams. I know I got ba- Blue Jay fans. People who are, are going to want to know how the Blue Jays are going to do. Really excited for the Blue Jays. Uh, I, I love their hitting. I think they can develop really well. Really, really love the young guys. Guerrero Jr., Bo Bichette, Kevin Biggio, Danny Jansen. Love the direction of the team. I, I'm excited to watch the Blue Jays this year. Uh, my Seattle Manners are going to be awful. I can't name you four guys, three guys on the team. Kyle Seeger, D. Gordon... Hanniger's injured. Bogleback. Omarco Gonzalez. Gonzalez. I can't name you. Yeah, like it's gonna be an awful year to be a Manners fan. I'm not gonna root for the, you know, I'm not gonna root for the Blue Jays because the Manners are awful. But I'll still go to a game at Safeco this year. I love going to games at Safeco. But the Manners are awful. Your blue, the Blue Jays are gonna be exciting. The Blue Jays are gonna be fun to watch this year. Watch the Blue Jays if you get the chance. Um, yeah, that is that's going to conclude the first SYP today. Uh, I hope you liked it. I know it's more baseball talk. I know baseball doesn't get big numbers with us. Are not always big hits, but I promise we got more stuff coming up. Like tomorrow, I'm planning on doing uh, a quick UFC preview for the event in Auckland this weekend. Dan Hooker is going to fight Paul Felder. Fedler Felder. Felder, I think, in uh, UFC lightweight. Uh, there are two top ten lightweight fights, fighters, two top ten lightweight fighters, blah, sorry, uh, going down in Auckland. And then we have Fury versus Wilder 2 in Vegas this weekend. I want to preview that. That's also going to be really fun, really exciting. Uh, look out in terms of blog posts coming up. We're going to have an XFL preview this weekend, uh, Six Nations preview this weekend, uh, we have an NHL mock draft that will probably come out post-trade deadline in the NHL on Monday. Uh, first NHL mock draft. That's how bad it is being a Red Wings fan that I'm already doing mock drafts. Uh, first NHL mock draft coming out sometime after the trade deadline on Monday. So you'll want to watch that. You'll definitely want to keep an eye out for all that sort of stuff. 
I hope you like this. I ho I like this format. I like this platform that we're going on. I think it's going to be great. I think you're going to love it. Let me know what you guys think. Uh, thank you very much for listening if you made it all the way through. And uh, yeah, I can't wait to get tomorrow's episode out. Can't wait to do it again. Thank you so much for listening. Love you guys. The support is awesome. T please tell your friends. Please help us, you know, getting the word out. It, it's great. Love it. Love all the fans. Thank you very much. Have a great rest of your night or day or whenever you listen to this. And we'll see, talk to you again soon. Bye-bye.